Now, welcome to the CatTunes podcast. I'm your host, Catherine Crowley. On this podcast, I'm going to talk about the stories behind my songs, the production tools that I've used, the production methods that I've employed, the instruments that I've played, the instruments that I've discovered, the arrangement methods that I've used, the real-life stories which precipitated the creation of my entire albums or of my separate tracks. So let's jump right into it, shall we? And uh, welcome you listening, this is me, Kat Corelli, and this is the 16th episode of the Cat Tunes podcast. Today we're going to be talking about the second track from the recently released Serifictures album, and the title of this track is From the Hidden Depths, I Come. I Come is in parentheses. You know, every track on this album has like a little footnote in parentheses. That's intentional. It's not that I was deliberately trying to complicate the titles, but it sort of gives a little bit, a little bit of an elaboration on what is the what is this track really about? Because sometimes some titles on this album are pretty cryptic, you could say, pretty cryptic. The entire album, to be honest, is pretty damn cryptic if you think about it. And I've laid out the groundwork for what is this album approximately about on the previous episode, on the 15th episode of Cat Tunes. Uh, this time, we're talking about the second track, and the first one, you could, you could think that the first track, Letters, was the grand intro, and then you would expect that the second track would be finally a song, maybe? Some sort of conventional song of sorts, but no! Instead of that, the intro, you could say, still continues. Because you can't really jump from ladders up and down, which was like a dream-like experience. You can't jump directly from that onto something concrete. You need an inter... sort of like an intermediate phase. So that things that are abstract and uh, not material could all of a sudden become palpable, tangible, and audible. So from the hidden depths, is basically a statement that is being repeated over and over and over again. When I was posting about the first single from the Surfic Tears album, I used to say about August Megalomaniacal Mood, about that piece, I used to say that it is a very simple track, because it has only three chords to it. And so it is, it has only three chords. And when I was posting about this single, about From the Hidden Depths I Come, I was saying, hey, that's a very simple song too. It has only one line in the lyrics. And there are no more lyrics, literally. It's just the same line. It has been repeated with various intonations. It has been yelled, it has been moaned, groaned, whispered. From the hidden depths of you, I come. That's how it goes. What does that exactly mean? And why is this track even here? Well, if ladders up and down 
is sort of an otherworldly experience in the unconscious mind, you could say, or a spiritual journey up and down somewhere in the... let me try to find a term for this, a suitable term for this, somewhere between existence and non-existence, then from the hidden depths is like the implication. It's like Lilith, me. I'm telling the man, Adam, not one particular man, but any man. I'm saying, from the hidden depths of you, I come. What does that mean? Well, the implication here is that because I am Lilith, my image lives in every man. Why? Because every man craves a woman. That's why. So the implication in this track, in this piece, is that, well, if we go back to the original myth, to the original story, you probably remember that Lilith left Adam. Adam and Lilith were created of the same material from the same fire and clay, or fire and dirt, whatever you call that, by God, both of them. And on the grounds, on the grounds of that, Lilith told Adam, hey, I'm just like you, therefore I'm not gonna obey, therefore I'm gonna go and do whatever, whatever the heck I want. And so she left. But as we know, in the classical tradition, biblical tradition, God created Eve, a wife for Adam, and he created Eve out of, the, out of Adam's rib. So what does Lilith say here in this track from The Hidden Depths That Come? Lilith is saying, from the hidden depths of you, I come. There is this implication that while every man harbors a desire for a really hot, tempting succubus, a crazy, sexy woman, at the same time, out of that same material, God created Eve. So there is a little bit of a trans... I don't know what to call it. Transcendental? No, no, transcendental is probably the wrong word. Transcendent thing that is being implied here in the lyrics. If you understand th the ground myth and the references, the subtle references here, you will understand the wordplay, first of all, and you will understand what does that mean. This is Lilith saying this to every man, that she lives in every man, because Lilith knows that Adam truly desires her. He desires her. Very much so. And perhaps Lilith is hoping that Adam will not be able to forget her. And perhaps Lilith is also thinking that even when God created Eve out of Adam's rib as Adam's second wife, the memory of Lilith will be still there in Adam's mind, and Adam won't be able to get it out of there. Every man at some point wants a bad girl. Musically, you could hear that here is a grand build-up going on. It's slow, it's meditative, you could say, almost. Almost, it's surreal. It's almost avant-garde. I don't know, someone left me a comment and said that this sounds pretty avant-garde. I don't know if it's avant-garde or no. But it just flows as it flows. And it's a pretty long track. It's um, 7 minutes and 24 seconds, basically 7 and a half minutes long. But I have deliberately focused on this one single line, this crystal clear message. 
so that there would be no distractions, no other lyrics, nothing. And it is being repeated, and the music unfurls and unfolds, and it grows, and it grows, and it grows, and it grows. Because this is how the desire for something materializes. Once again, I want to rewind a little bit and remind you that the story that is being depicted here in Seraphic Tears is not exactly the story of Lilith and Adam from the original myth. No, it's rather my experience of living through the archetype of Lilith in a sense. So I was referring to the original myth and I, would, I was using it as a point of reference. Apparently I'm not a baby-killing monster like Lilith from the original myth, or at least the, the way she was portrayed in mythology, no. But I can relate. But I can relate. Also, I gotta tell you that perhaps you would put a different meaning into the line, from the hidden depths I come. Because sometimes it is, from the hidden depths I come, and then it says, from the hidden depths of you I come. So, well, if you use your imagination, you can, you can actually imagine another meaning, yet another meaning to this lyric. And you will be correct. You will be correct. So, on whichever level, this line makes sense. And it has various meanings all at the same time. And it all lines up in the context of this uh, build-up. Musically, it's a build-up. Contextually, it is almost like Lilith is being brought into existence, like for Lilith herself, she materializes and she she's going through the process of self-realization. She becomes flesh and bone and realizes her powers, realizes who she is, what she can, what she's capable of. And that's why she states, from the hidden depths of you, I come. She's addressing men. And in the first place, she's addressing Adam. So, since now I've explained more or less what is really going on here in this track, which has only, in fact, one line throughout the entire song, which is pretty odd, I think we can move on to the music section, shall we? First of all, forgive me if you hear a lawnmower in the back. That means that someone is mowing their lawn. I mean, I live in Kentucky, and I'm recording in the afternoon right now, and usually someone is mowing the lawn, always. So pardon me for this buzzing noise. If you hear it, it's there. I can't do nothing about this, all right? So, with that being said, let's get to the track. From the Hidden Depths I Come is in the key of C minor. It doesn't start with C minor, though. It starts with a brief, I think, 16 measure, or maybe, yes, probably 16 measure intro, which happens in some really cryptic pad that hoovers over the scenery. And it starts with an F minor.
there is an F minor. This is the theme that is being played in the very beginning, and it's played in a, in a different synth. So what's going on here? Uh, first of all, Apparently, this little melody that's going on up there, it is emphasizing the sevens, most of the sevens of the chords that are going below. Let's first analyze the chord progression. So in the chord progression, uh, we are in C minor, but we're starting with the fourth. So we're starting with F minor. And it's not a regular F minor, because in the melody, see what's going on there? We have a high seventh there that indicates that we are in harmonic minor. And you would think that it would go, no, it doesn't. Instead, it goes into a low fourth. And on that low fourth in C minor, we're having a whole... In simple terms, this is an E major minus seven. E major minus seven. Then it goes into a D flat major seven, major minus seven nine. G major. Back to F minor. F minor minus seven. E major minus seven. G major. Minus seven. A flat major. So we're not really getting anywhere out of C minor. We're sort of still there. chord that falls out sort of implies some sort of modulation or opens the door for a modulation but never goes there is this E major. And I'm deliberately naming it in layman's terms because in reality, uh, if you name things properly, of course it's not E major, it is um, F flat major minus 7. That's what it is. If you name it properly from a theoretical standpoint, uh, if you name it properly in the context of C minor. So, after this intro, we're finally moving in into the body of the song, into a long build-up. And it finally, after this last passage, with the A flat major in the end, it loops into 
minor. A flat major. So what goes on here? We have a C minor, A flat major, plus 7, E major, plus 7, G major, and a triton to uh, G major, so it's a D flat major, minus 7. The guitar, the guitar, one of the guitars plays. And then, based on this same chord progression, which really doesn't change at all, we have the main theme that kicks in, the main melody. See, it's the same chord progression, same C minor, A flat, major, plus 7, E major, plus 7, G major, the 5th, the dominant 5th, D flat, major, minus 7. So it's the same thing that's going on. What's going on in the melody? C, D, E flat, F, F. G, you see, it's it goes up pretty simple, and it's it it ignores it totally ignores whatever's going on in the chord progression. It just soars over it, but interestingly, it fits A flat major, and then you would think, well, there is that. E major plus 7, what can we do about that possibly? Well, that's why. The melody goes down onto the third of the key. That's why it's here. You hear what it sounds like? But this G really just, it's a passing by note. It's, uh, we are not really sitting on it for too long. Then the resolution into the dominant fifth, which is G major. 
but not exactly because you have the plus five. D flat major minus seven. And we have the fifth here in the melody, you see? The G. So we're pretty stable in C minor. and it grows and it builds up and it builds up and the vocal basically sings the same exact melody there with a little variation just with uh, just little melismatic additions I'm not certain if I can sing it up high there right now But you get the point. But those are little things, because the basics of it remains exactly the same. Then, we're getting to this middle section where there is this um, riff. It kicks in all of a sudden. It kicks in uh, in the acoustic guitar, as far as I remember, in my uh, baritone acoustic guitar. Then the bass guitar catches up with it and plays exactly the same riff. And then the electric guitar kicks in, and the tempo changes, it is all of a sudden, well, full-out riffing, that kind of stuff. So if I'm gonna play it on guitar, this is what it's approximately gonna sound like. I've butchered it a little bit, but you see the point. So it's basically statically sitting on the C, on the base of C. Everything spins around C, the root note. simple, straightforward riff if we play it on piano, this is approximately what it's going to sound like. So then, after this riff, we are merging, we're sort of merging and flowing into a new little riff which is again played on a guitar, but I'll play it on keys, on piano. Mm -hmm. 
there's an F minor. E major, minus 7. D flat, um, D flat major, minus 7, 9. G major. Again, F minor. E major, minus 7. G major. A flat major. Yes, A flat major. This is the uh, another inter sort of theme. Um, you see, it starts with an E flat on top in the melody. In the bass, there is a C. A flat minus seven. A flat major minus seven this time because of the melody. F minor minus seven. plus 7 with a raised with a lowered fifth E flat and this these are just descending notes in the bass so I am sort of stopping it you know frame by frame very closely but in reality it just, it just passes by like nothing happens so it's not really like part of a chord chain it's rather just passing by notes notes that are passing by in the bass and in the guitars. And then it returns back to the uh, to that uh, active riff, I don't know whatever whatever we should call it, let's call it just an active riff. And it spins on and it spins on. Then there is the return to the main theme that is again growing. And there is some broken rhythms going on in the back in the drum kit. And um, the guitars are again building up and building up and building up like a huge cloud. there is you could say the last conclusive half time section where the guitars are pounding 
I don't remember exactly the rhythm, but it's... And it's basically the same chord progression, just embellished slightly with passing little notes here and there. So the same chord progression is just... I don't know if there's a term like this, it's... probably no. Refised? Made into riffs? Um, molded into a riff that carries the track all the way to the end, and then in the end it just disperses into the air, and there's a huge uh, culmination, climax, this wave, everything builds up to a crescendo, then it'll smashes and slowly disperses in the air and falls down on Earth again. The entire song doesn't leave the key of C minor. Um, it's all predicated on a few variations of the same set of chords. You could say E major is present here, or if we name it correctly, the F flat major in C minor. The low fourth, we're using here the low fourth. We're using the second low as well. So we have a D flat. We have a, a an F flat. Occasionally, not always, we also have a clean F, but also an F flat. And uh, we're leveraging those those notes against their neighbors. So the F flat has an opportunity to shine and to really show its character against the dominant fifth. The subsequent sixth. You see how it works? Here is the C, A flat, then it goes the same distance to a to an F flat, but then it goes upwards to a G, and then a tritone down to D flat. And of course, in the end, vocally, if, we, if we're talking about vocals, in the end, there is a little bit of melismatic singing, which was purely improvised on the spot. There was a similar piece in the original, from the Hidden Depths I Come uh, track from 2010 on the old version, and it's the approximately the same melismatic piece on the modern one. It varies, it's improvised, it has not only half tones, it has a little bit of eighth tones there in that singing because just this um, style of singing, I guess, requires calls for that. Then it concludes, it basically concludes the entire piece with this melismatic piece that doesn't even have any words at all. So first there are words and then all of a sudden there are no lyrics at all. So with that being said, let's continue to the next section. So from the hidden depths I come is quite the statement that is being extended throughout the entire track. It is the second track on the Surf of Tears album and it still prepares the stage for everything else to happen. 
is quite abstract and is deliberately abstract because it is the way it is designed it is meant to make your imagination wander it is meant to make you fantasize and to make you think about what the heck could this possibly mean and dip your toes into the vibe of the entire album of course you could have written an entire song with a lot of lyrics of course you could have changed the chord progressions many times of course you could have made made this into a conventional song but it would lose its effect it would lose its impact so the way i was writing this piece in the entire album is i was just going with my intuition i wasn't really planning on writing it this way i just allowed it to happen the way it happened so this was more or less the summary and the analysis of the second track from Seraphic Tears. Guys, thank you very much for tuning in. I appreciate y'alls. If you haven't heard my music yet, please check out the link in the description to this episode in the footnotes. There is a link you can click through and you can discover my music. Or you can look for me manually. Just look for Catherine Corelli, Catherine with a C, Corelli with a C. I have another show called Cat Talk Show. You can find me on YouTube, this is where I have my show. So if you want to look it up, this is something that is not only about music, for the most part it's about something else, actually about everything else but music. So if you want to discover my Cat Talk series, look me up on YouTube as Catherine Corelli. And also this is where you can find my music. So. Thank you very much for tuning in. I appreciate y'alls. If you like this podcast, feel free to share it. If you want to drop me a comment, reach out to me at ladycatherinecorelli at gmail.com or if you have any questions or suggestions or whatever. If you want to reach out to me, there is my email, ladycatherinecorelli at gmail.com. I love y'alls, guys, and you will hear me on the next episode. Meow! <coughs>